Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Tigers Talk Rugby. Before we get started, uh, I'd like to thank Tiger Vision for providing us with the facilities and the equipment to make this possible. Uh, we love doing this every week in and out, and hopefully in the next couple weeks we can get moved over to a platform like Spotify. So I just want to tie you all in the loop that we are working on that. We hope to uh, make our way over to Spotify. And more user-friendly yeah, uh, platforms. Exactly. So uh, on that note, I'm Ethan Richards. I'm CJ Bakel. And, and we're your hosts today. Today we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, Division 1A rugby. Talk about the rankings that are currently put up for round nine. Uh, and then as well as we're going to talk about the, you know, the finale of the World Cup. Yes, of course. Um, so we'll get, we'll get back to that. <sighs> yeah, Ethan's yeah. Uh, heartbreaking. So anyway, let's uh, D1A rugby. Yes. Um, so the, the, we currently have the round nine rankings, which were posted on Instagram a couple days, days ago. ago. Yeah, and this is Sunday, so uh, that was posted uh, before the weekend's matches. So that's what we're going to go off of when we talk about the rankings. Yes. So the rankings, let's just say we have some things that we don't agree with. Uh, of course, um, uh, but th that's how it always goes when you look at sports rankings. That's also true. Um, uh, one of the main things that we were intrigued by was, yes, none of the teams have played matches yet, but the top three. So you're looking at Life, Cal, and St. Mary's, and, and you're sitting there and like, deserve, like, previously in previous years, like, deserve to be in the top rankings, of course. Every year they're, they dominate pretty handily the teams that they play. And so, but what we were interested in the fact is that none of these teams have played games yet, and we have programs like Navy and, and, and uh, Kutztown. Um, who have who been dominating already. Their, their schedule. Yeah. Right, like, like Navy is 7-0 and right now. Um, lost to Lindenwood this uh, last Excuse weekend. me, yes, they the just lost. They're 7-1 now because they literally lost yesterday um, to Lindenwood. Um, which is the team who is ranked next to them. They were, it's, they're four, four, Navy was four and, and Lindenwood was five going into this game. And so that, like, though, the, but that was Lindenwood's first uh, conference match of the, the season, of the, I yeah, believe. It was their um, first match of the season. But like we said before, Navy went, they went on a 7 so nothing it. win streak against basically the, the best of the D1A, and well, at least well, the best of who has been playing in the D1A, of active uh, teams. Yeah. Um, their, their schedule is, has been, I mean, it's been a tough schedule. It's not, it's not like they were uh, playing n unranked opponents all right. uh, for, for those seven games they were playing. Uh, they were almost, like, dominating like valued opponents. Like they played a ranked St. Bonaventure, ranked Iona, ranked Cutstown, ranked Davenport, ranked Clemson, ranked Penn State, and they've won all of those games. So, so it's one of those things that's, that you, you look at and you, you say, yes, those other teams haven't played a game, but is, is, it, is it disrespectful not to reward them with a higher ranking? Well, I think it's tough to say that because, again, we have no evidence to base it off of, that if Navy is better than a St. Mary, Cal, or Life, because yes, in the past, Life, Cal, and St. Mary's 
have been amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, last last year with Life Cal in the final, the year before that with Life Cal in the final. Mm-hmm. It's and then St. Mary's is always in the semifinals. It seems mm-hmm. so. It's tough to say, but I I do think that despite their loss to Lindenwood, because it was only a twelve to seven loss, but right now Navy is looking very good. Mm-hmm. They are. Agreed. I think they are definitely the best currently active playing team, just because of their win streak and how they've been. They've been putting together wins pretty well. Yeah, k- they kudos. They might have lost to Lindenwood once, but. Linwood has always been a good team, but I think currently Navy has been looking the best. It was also at Lindenwood, so it was an away game, and it was a five-point loss. That's it's a tight game, especially right. going to Lindenwood and playing in that stadium. Like, it they they have fans showing up, and and that applies like an audience pressure to to a away team at that stadium, and and to me, when I look at that, like a five-point loss, that means to me. It could have gone the other way if it was at Navy. It could have gone the other way if it was at a mutual site. It's, it's, that, that, is a, that is a tight game and, and a game that you can say, yes, that day Lindenwood was better. But I think you can also turn around and be like, either team could have earned the win there. So I guess you could also say that since it was Lindenwood's very first match, They've been able to prepare for Navy for a very long time. That is true. They've had a couple months to prepare for, for a big game like this. So they've had those, like those several months to prepare. So would you say a 12-7 victory, do you think that it should have been more, less, or uh, I, or do you think it's, it's just because Navy is pretty good? I think Navy is a solid team. Um, I think they've got very fit guys, obviously. Um, right. You're at the Naval Academy. Uh, and then they've got a great coach in Gavin Hickey. Um, he knows the game very well. And clearly, just from last year to this year, they're, they're, they've upped their game. And, and I think uh, that trend will continue as long as Gavin Hickey is at, at their program. Um, so I think I, I don't want to say 100% like, Navy, Navy is a better program than Lindenwood just off of, like one game. One game, um, uh, especially because they lost. Um, but I don't want to be like, oh yes, this writes Lindenwood off as a much better team than Navy in every way. Uh, I, I think that means that they are an equally matched program. Now the fact that they can come off of seven games and still a five-point loss in against a fresh team. I think a true test to see if how well or how good of a team Navy is is that they play Life University November 9th. This weekend, yeah. So they play Life University this weekend. That, it'll be a... It's going to have to be like, that's going to... They really want to be known as the best team in the country right now. I think a win over Life would put them. I agree. Um, I think if they beat Life, um, they would... I. I I know we later we'll have some quarrels with with um, teams jumping teams that they lose to, but I think in this case it would justify them being above Lindenwood if they beat Life. Yes, um, that's for sure. Uh, uh, would questionably put them at number one. So, all right. I think I think we've hammered in uh, Navy. 
Um, yes. Navy's spot. They, they absolutely they have the biggest pool of games to pull from. Um, they, I mean, they've played eight games already. Yeah, the only other team that has played that much was also Kutztown. Congratulations to them winning the East, by the way. Yeah, uh, they. I don't think anybody, like, calcul like if they go undefeated for the rest of it, Penn State can't catch them. Um, I, that's definitive that they've won, right? I'm pretty sure it is at this yeah. point in time. Um, so, so congratulations to Kutztown. They've they've definitely been playing some uh, tough teams. Their schedule has been riddled with again insane uh, insane uh, scheduled teams. Um, yeah, Kutztown uh, has played uh, Army. Uh, they've lost to Navy. They've played Penn, or they beat Penn State, Notre Dame College, and St. Bonaventure. Um, and so that is five ranked opponents with four ranked victories. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a testament. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's the, another one of those questions of, of whether or not they should be in that top five bubble. Because uh, until this weekend, four of the top five hadn't played a game. Right. Now three of the top now five three haven't, played probably haven't played a game. Yeah. So, so do you think that Cutstown could still break that mold uh, as those other teams start playing games? Do you think that they that their already victory over the East won't allow them to go any higher um, since they don't have any more real like heavy sturdy tests ahead, think, ahead of them? I, yeah, I don't think I actually think Cutstown won't go up higher. I think they'll go down lower. Really, the rest of the Mid South also have to play through. That's true, but the the question. So the Mid South, um, we'll get. Let's let's talk about the Mid South. Okay. Um, we've got Life at one, Navy at four, Lindenwood at five, Arc State at seven, and Davenport at nine. These teams will start eating each other up. Yes, Clemson's in there, but we, we that they're we'll talk about that later. Yeah, they're not. The the we're talking about the top ten right now. Yeah, the top and, ten right and now. And five is... of five of them are from the Mid South, and all of these teams pretty much still have to play each other. There's been, Navy has played Davenport and Clemson, uh, won both of those games, uh, but Life hadn't played a game. Lindenwood just played Navy and beat them. Um, our, our, how, what is Arc, Arc State's schedule? I actually, I'm not sure. I don't believe they've played a game yet. No, um, I don't think they have either. And, and so, so all of these teams, uh, like, they still have, uh, yeah, they still have, the chance to eat each other up and take each other out of this top ten. So do you think? So so I like that's what gives the argument for a team like Kutztown to go up. Is the Mid South has five teams where there's only been a few there's only been a few of those matchups that's been played. Mm -hmm. If life feasi feasibly life can beat everybody in in the Mid South, and if they beat everybody in the Mid South, do you believe that that Davenport could drop out of the Top ten. Do you believe that Arkansas State would drop from seven? So Davenport, I'm not really going to be concerned about because they're nine. So I'm not going to worry about Davenport. But the Arc State, Navy, Lindenwood. That's the 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 bulk three that you should be probably looking at. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say Navy's basically done with their schedule very very soon. So they might stick at four, five, maybe even six around those three spots throughout the time. Mm -hmm. And Lindenwood. The only team I could really see them, like, losing to is life. 
-hmm. So they're probably going to stay around the three, the four, five, six area too. So the only other one in question is Arc State. So if Arc State, for some reason, goes on like they're just amazing. They play everybody really, really well, and they stay at that seven spot or even go up. Then I think other teams like Notre Dame College, Arm, uh, Penn Ar State, Penn State, BYU. Yeah, some of those teams might be able to move back up into the rankings, and then, but you know, as a consequence, that cuts town could be you know dropping. But so, so you believe that because the Mid South is dominating that top ten so heavily, that no matter who beats who in the Mid-South, they're going to stay in that top yeah, 10. Yeah, I think that's the case. Cause wow. So, a lot of so, the times, the, uh, the Mid-South, they could, um, like you said, demolish each other and eat, like, eat each other. But at the same time, they, like, look who, like, they play the best every single week. And mm -hmm. they're always close games. So unless Davenport ends up beating life, 61 nothing. I don't think there's going to be really any difference. Much of a change. I, I, can, I can see that. I can understand that. I just think it's, it's, it's almost shattering for some of these programs like Kutztown that go undefeated in their conference and the highest they can reach is, is six. Yeah, and it's really, it kind of sucks that there is the disparity in the scheduling because not everybody's playing at the same time. Everybody's like, you know, Kutztown's basically done with their schedule and it's, yeah, November 11th. Right. Meanwhile, or, meanwhile, is there like their final game? Like that'll be that. Like that's it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got a team like Life who starts their schedule next week. Right. So, it it's it's not really it's hard to see. It's mm -hmm. hard to see and match up teams when they don't really play each other as often. Or again, they're not playing all at the same time. Yeah. So. Yeah, because. Uh, I mean, some of, some of the cross-conference games, um, they do fulfill these rankings. Um, when you look at, like, Navy played Kutztown. Beat Kutztown. Um, like, but uh, uh, some of them. They don't. Quite, yeah, quite, quite interesting. Um, Notre Dame College, they lost to St. Bonaventure. Uh-huh. Um, and they're at 11, and St. Bonaventure is at 21. Uh, obviously, St. Bonaventure lost their most recent game um, and also lost to an unranked Notre Dame um, in, in that matchup. Uh, so yeah, St. Bonaventure is an interesting case for the rankings because they've only won one game, and that was against, uh, and that was against Notre Dame College. So to have them at 21 is probably a safe bet because, again, they did play Notre Dame College. It was a solid team, good coaching, solid side, great talent, right? Mm -hmm. But, again, they, they did lose to, you know, Notre Dame, you know, the Fighting Irish, not Notre Dame College. Right, right, right. So, and Notre Dame at the time, they were, I think they were like 43rd. Right, uh, which is part of the reason why St. Bonaventure is, is – dropping in the rankings. Um, but it's just interesting because you, you look and is it, is it a fluke? Was that game a fluke? Which it was one? a three-point game. Uh, uh, excuse me, St. Bonaventure versus um, Notre Dame College. Yeah. Was that game a fluke? Was it, what did, do, you, do you look at that game and say this is the oddball of the season for, for both Notre Dame College and, and St. Bonaventure? Bonaventure? Do you yeah, think? That's the, it's weird to say that because I don't, I don't want to call it a fluke. 
because Notre Dame College is a really well-coached side, and they do have the talent. But at the same time, it could be a little bit of a confidence thing where they went in thinking, okay, we could beat these guys. It shouldn't be that hard. Mm -hmm. And then St. Bonaventure is, like, came out of nowhere. They were really well-prepared. And it could be that St. Bonaventure does play Notre Dame pretty frequently, so they are, they've played them. They know what they're going to do. They've kind of seen what they could do. So why not? So you'd give, to that. you'd give credit to uh, Justin Hickey uh, at Notre Dame yes. um, for that, for being prepared for a pro, uh, against a program that they play relatively consistently. Is that is that's so for Notre Dame University point? versus St. Bonaventure? I think Saint, I think Notre Dame University was definitely uh, prepared. Was definitely prepared, and they were yeah. playing at home. Uh, that's uh, true. A home game, uh, I, it really does make a difference. Yeah, it does make a difference. So, so for Notre Dame to beat St. Bonaventure, I, it's gonna get. It's, this is gonna sound confusing, so I'm gonna start saying the Irish. So for the Irish to beat St. Bonaventure, that's, I think it was well looks prepared. better on Notre Dame than it lo does look bad on St. Bonaventure. Yes. Okay. And then for the Notre Dame College, the I think they're the Falcons. The Falcons versus so. St. Bonaventure. I think St. Bonaventure was more prepared for them. So, 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 and you think that looks better on St. Bonaventure than it does look bad on Notre Dame. Dame. So college. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. All right. So I see one, what you're saying. So that the makes sense. The win that they have over uh, Notre Dame College, the Falcons, definitely helps them with staying in the rankings as keeping them at 21. But their loss to Notre Dame, I think, is, you know, shows how Notre Dame's a really good preparing. They're, they're a Developing program. They're a developing program, and they, really doesn't hurt St. Bonaventure as much as it helps Notre right. Dame. Like er, earlier this this uh, semester, um, Notre Dame did break into the bubble, I believe. The Irish. Yes, the they Irish did. broke into the bubble for uh, a week, um, and then they, I believe, they lost and, and they fell lost back to, out. They lost to somebody um, like Michigan, who Michigan yeah, it was Michigan ranked. Yeah, and so that's why they fell back out of right. uh, out of the bubble. But it was just like something to to note. Right. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's. I'm gonna round through uh, to another group um, just to try to keep us moving yep. a little bit. Um, let's talk a little bit about Big Ten. Big Ten. So you've got in, yeah, you've got Indiana and Ohio State. Um, they've kind of been running the Big Ten uh, this this year. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, that with, seems to be the case for almost every year. The Ohio State's only loss is to Indiana. Mm. Um, and so they're sitting at, I believe, Indiana at 16, Ohio State at 18. Um, do you think, uh, like, Big Ten's coming more towards a close in their conference. Um, I know a lot, of, or a lot of those games have already been played. Um, and... They've. Do you think they've capped out? Did, do you think they won't be able to get any higher in the rankings specifically because their season's well, pretty much over? It's again back to the, the argument that we had with you know, Cutstown. The, the, with Cutstown. Um, but the Big Ten, they have again Notre Dame and oh, not Notre Dame. My bad. Indiana and Ohio State have been solid sides. Like, per, like historically, have been really good. But compared to, like, the East or the Mid-South, the Big Ten are not. It's, like, it's not as big of a challenge. The, the, those, there aren't any other real heavy-duty ranked opponents in, in the Big Ten. Right. It's, it's, like, it's really just 
Ohio State, Indiana. Indiana, yeah. So, so, but I, if you're one thing that for these teams in particular that I think is important since their whole conference is going to be pretty much finished in the next few weeks, um, I think you have to treat them the same way that you treated Life Cal and St. Mary's. You can't move them. I think it'd be disrespectful to move them down. Mm. I, uh, so. I could see, I could understand moving them up one or two after losses from teams that are above them. Mm -hmm. um, like if Central, Los uh, Central Washington were to lose or Iona were to lose and, and it just kind of bumped Indiana to 15 or, or whatnot, um, I could see that happening. But I think it would be very disrespectful to a program to pull them down in the rankings for not playing. Yeah, after I, after I, you've I, already placed them. I, I guess so. But, like, it's an also tough because in teams like, you know, Arizona, UCLA, Grand Canyon, and, uh, like, Central Washington, who haven't really played a whole lot of their schedule yet, like, what if they end up, what if all those teams end up doing really well and they're kind of battling up for position or they end up losing? So it, keeping those teams around there may may help or not but like again there's so there's still so much of this season to develop that we don't know like yeah. it's tough it, it might yeah i just i just think like like all right so you've locked in indiana and ohio state to be in this like at 16 and 18 as they've finished up their conference season and you want to just keep them at that a, around area. around there i i, I think it would be fair. inappropriate to like be like oh ohio state as as some of the later games come around. Ohio State's now 23. Why? Why would you do that to a program? Like I, I don't. I wouldn't you understand don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that would be fair to a program. That's fine. Um, That's fair. So, uh, speaking of 23, um, Texas A&M is at 23, uh, which is one above Clemson. In um, this is this is a conversation that we were kind of a little frustrated about when we saw this. Um, I Clemson beat Texas A&M. Earlier this season, thirteen to twenty-seven was is is Clemson victory at twenty-seven points, um, and I, I know we are Clemson students so, and, yeah, and Clemson the people. There there is bias there, but at the same time, it was a it was a a, a handy victory. Like like I oh, it's almost dis disrespectful to the Clemson program to be ranked below them after beating them definitively in this season. I would love. For somebody to tell me why the, like why Texas A&M is twenty third above like it's just one spot above Clemson. I would like even the fans. You could help me help to explain it. I don't understand it a whole lot. I could see where people could put the argument. Oh, Clemson lost to Navy fifty five nothing. Like but, that's but a again, hard loss for Clemson. Navy's ranked fourth. Should. Navy is ranked yeah, fourth. Yeah, and Navy's definitely. Again, like we said, they're one of the best currently playing teams. Right, and so you, you look at it, Texas A&M has played one game, and it's a loss to rank 24 Clemson. That's... So, so, and Clemson has two games and a win against 23 Texas A&M. How does that make sense to rank A&M above the team, directly above the team they lost to? I... Yes, it's been a couple months, but like... At the same time, they they haven't played anybody. else. They haven't played anybody else, right? So so, I it's it, it, it's 
It's aggravating. Say. It's confusing. It's just, it's, it's like at this point, like, we're looking at the rankings. Navy's above Lindenwood. Lindenwood beat them. But this, this ranking was out before that. Right. So we can't be frustrated about something like that. But when you look at that bubble and you look at it and you say, hmm, Texas A&M is one rank above Clemson. We're, we're, we're both looking at each other just like, this is, why? It, I'm, I'm shaking my head right now. It's, I just don't understand it. No. Um, and like, so and whoever, whoever does the rankings, uh, we would love for you to reach out to us and explain your reasoning. Right. Um, I would like to ask one thing. It's like, if you think that Clemson's loss to Navy hurt them so much that they should, that we're, like, it's 24 and they should be behind Texas A&M, I challenge what do you think would have happened with a Navy versus Texas A&M game? Yeah, that's... Like, what would you think would have happened? That is a great proposal. That is a great question to ask. So. Um, and, and on that note, uh, let's move out from D1A, because clearly you can tell, tell we were getting a we're little getting a riled little up. We're uh, getting a little heated right now. Because um, that, that is, it's a frustrating topic. Um, now, unfortunately, let's move on to World Cup recap. Yeah. I'm very, I hate to say that it's a recap. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sad it's over. It was, it was great while it lasted. It's been a great, like, what, month and a half? Yeah, until until the last game, but well for you, no game, comment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so let's just, okay, let's start at the let's start general, and then we'll move to the like the the final. Okay. So I think as a rugby World Cup as a whole, I think this was probably one of the best, if not the best. I I could say it's one of the best because I feel like some there was of that's a lot recency of, bias. What's that? I feel like some of that is recency bias. Well, I, there is some recency bias, but I would also like to, like, I think the 1995 World Cup, you know, being in South Africa with a South Africa win, and it's like the first time after apartheid that this happened. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a big, that was a great World Cup. That was huge. Yeah. Like, that, culturally. I was about to say, that had cultural implications. That was, it was. That, but you could also say the same thing for this uh, Japanese one. Because, really, with Japan, this, like, Japan did this so well. Because they really expressed a lot of culture with this, with this World Cup. They expressed that they are truly a good nation. Like, the team did they, really well. Uh, they made it out first of their pool. Yeah. Uh, they, it shows that they want to be a rugby nation and they want to be a, a top program. And I think and that it they proved, proved it. that they did. And mm -hmm. that they're serious about it. And the people of Japan are rugby crazy. Yeah. I think it was historical. I wouldn't say it was the greatest World Cup. I think it... I, one, in terms of on-field production, I think it might have been one of the best because you saw upsets. You saw some big ones. You saw some close games. You That's saw true. a lot of nail biters. The, the only part of the reason why I would argue against is the, like, obviously you can't help the weather, but you can plan for it. Yeah. And, and the fact that games were canceled due to weather that had implications on pool outcomes yeah, was tough. was part of the reason why I I can't turn around and be like, oh yeah, this is definitively the best World Cup because because there were errors like that that were made that were like I get it, whether it's dangerous, you don't want fans traveling. It's it's there's some real real uh, there's a lot to think about and a lot of safety concerns, but you've had years to plan for this, 
as as the World Rugby Organization. Mm -hmm. That you you should know you're going in on typhoon season. You should know what to expect and and come up with a plan. And that's that's why I can't agree with you on it being the best World Cup. Fair? Okay. Fair. Fine. All right. All right. <laughs> but now, I do think that. Now, if, I guess if you were just. If it, this didn't happen, if the weather didn't happen, then... If, if every single game was played, I think it's very much an arguable front, especially because it had such a historical impact on the sport with, a, with Japan. And again, it's the first, like, non-Tier 1 nation hosting a, a World yeah. Cup. Yeah, which, I mean, look at Japan now. They, you could consider them Tier well, 1 you, after this. I guess you could. After this, you could... You, it's, it, we'll see how they perform in the next few years, come, and... And coming up towards France, France uh, in 2023, but like they might have just made the argument that they should be considered tier one. Yeah. And after, because they went, won the Pacific. Yeah. And then they they made it, they won their pool. That yeah. had won that the had, hearts of everybody. <laughs> won the hearts of the fans. No, um, but you know, I, I, they've made an argument for themselves, and I love to see it. It's, it's refreshing. So, moving on to uh, out out of uh, overall uh, pool pool stage, most of the teams other than Japan that were expected to make it through made, made it, through. it through. Yeah. Um, which, like when we, you know, reflecting back on our World Cup predictions uh, episode, a month like a month or a couple months ago. A ways back now. Yeah, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, because when we were talking about it, it's like, yeah, it's hard to say, you know, that that other team will be the top. Yeah, of the it's war. it's still tough to be like, oh yeah, Argentina. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, Argentina is going to be because, the second place team. Right, right, and and like, it's arguable, but I mean, you look at their history, you look at their like the stats, like, and then you're also looking at the teams that they're playing. Right, it's just it. it, it it's like you. It, that's one thing about it went rugby. Mostly as expected. Right. Yeah. That's that's one thing about rugby. It, like things, games go mostly as expected. Yeah. Now sometimes they don't because Japan and no. Ireland. Yeah. The, but I feel like Japan was an exception to that rule this year, and I think that's also because they're a program that is trying to make a name for themselves, trying to prove that they are they a hungry. rugby nation. So you're saying yeah. that they were hungry, and that's why they. Oh, something. absolutely. So they surprised. They did what was unexpected. Right now, some surprises in the uh, uh, knockout stages did happen. Um, That's also true. New Zealand was the expected uh, finalist from that side of the um, knockout stage, um, but they lost to England in the semis. Which I don't think that was like a oh oh my gosh England beat New Zealand sort of like shocker. But I think it was also like a kudos like that that was they were considered the underdog going into that game and they handily defeated them yeah i think eddie jones is really good at planning for teams like new zealand mm -hmm. and i props to him because he had a really good game plan for that game he they, like his entire team stuck to it they knew exactly what they were going to do and they were really really well prepared against new zealand and i, I guess like I don't, I don't want to say New Zealand, you know, lost that game. It's just New England, like, England won that dominated game. that game. Yeah. 
And so, and then on the other side, there weren't too many real surprises. Um, South Africa, I mean, we said this earlier, South Africa mm-hmm. was probably going to be in the final. We mm-hmm. said this, we thought it was going to be, you know, South Africa versus New Zealand. Except for me. Except for you. Yeah. But, like, we all knew that South Africa was going to go to the final. Like, mm-hmm. if, for, I don't know. Like, it's that just, was, and, and so, so going back to from us. two weeks ago um, when we did our uh, semifinals and our finals, because last week we did the um, special uh, homecoming edition. Um, and so we talked about the finals. We had, all of us had different outcomes. So I had England-South Africa finals with England winning. Um, uh, CJ had New Zealand-South Africa with New Zealand winning. And then Tyler Doolittle, who was a guest on that show, had uh, New Zealand-South Africa with South Africa winning. So Tyler was right on the winner, but he was not right on the finalists. See, and I was right on the finalists, I but said, not the winner. I said the winner of England-New Zealand would win the World Cup. I was totally Com- wrong. You are the, the most wrong. I was the most wrong. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. But, I don't, but that just kind of surprised me a little bit. South Africa, like, they were physically dominating teams. Like, how they were playing the game, every single time they touched the ball felt like it was a positive game uh, in, in, con- in contact. Every time that they were on defense, it felt like every tackle was a positive tackle. It felt like no matter what other teams did, they either had to kick the ball or move backwards. Yeah, South Africa looked strong. And they looked big compared to some of these teams. They did. Like, even when you looked at the like, first week of the World Cup, New Zealand versus South Africa, you look at South Africa, and they look noticeably, like, larger larger, and, like, just stronger than, they, uh, than uh, New Zealand. But, yeah. again, New Zealand were able to get the win on that one. Now, the final, to me, I, so, <sighs> it hurts to say this, but it felt like England just weren't doing anything. So, for it, those who might know, Engl- it was... South Africa, England, England lost 32 to 12. Yes. Um, so, but to me, it felt like England just weren't really doing anything. It felt like, like the fire and the intensity and the emotion that came in the semifinals just wasn't quite there like it was the week before. And I think maybe, like, did England play their finals a week early? Did they, did yeah. they try? Did they use... All of what they had too early, and and uh, or or did like because that that's what it looked like to me, and yeah. and South Africa like that's not that's not to say that if England like played more emotionally they would have won. It's just like saying that it made it much more dominant of a game for South Africa. Yeah, it it was less of a like competitive matchup. That so rewatch or like watching that game, there was a lot of penalties. There was a lot, a lot of penalties. penalties, and there was a lot of kicking from the tee. So very true. Uh, South Africa didn't score a try until until late in the late second in half. the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and wasn't that technically their first try in a World Cup final? Yeah, that was their yeah. first try in a World so, Cup so, final. So uh, so what we've been emphasizing all tournament was the importance of penalty kicks and the importance of kicking for points. And, and 
and Andre Pollard was able to slot <sighs> 18 points. Oh, my gosh. That, he's such a good kicker. I mean, he, he had a, he had a few. He he had, had a, yeah, he missed one. But, but but at the same time, like one one miss, and still you put up eighteen points on the board. Like, no, without a question, shows that he is a good kicker. And in a World Cup final, he put up eighteen points off his boot. Congratulations. Yeah, that's that's deserves that deserves respect. That is earned respect. Right. Um. <sighs> So, other players on South Africa, though, um, you've got um, Peter Stefan Dutoy. Yes, thank you. Um, who won uh, Player of the Tournament, right? Yeah, Player of the Year. Yeah, you won me. Player of the Year. Men's player, player of the Year. Men's Player of the Year. Yeah, because also this last weekend was uh, the World Rugby Awards. Yes. So, um, so a, another. A South African player who deserves recognition for his work. Um, I believe he he played in nine, nine, of, the nine of the eleven games. Yeah. Yeah, which one of them he didn't play against Canada. Right. And I don't remember the other game, but still, um, nine out of the eleven games he played really, really well. About the thing about Dutoy is that he's such a consistent force. Yeah, and he's he's known for being. Really, you know, high work rate, very versatile, you know, really has come into his own with the seven jersey, especially over the last, like, like two years. Mm-hmm. But I think Rassi Erasmus, like, really knows him to be a strong, like, defensive force as well as offensive force in the, his forward pack. And, and Rassi Erasmus, winning, also, winning coach of the year. Yeah, he won coach of the year. So... South Africa came away with four awards this last weekend. Yeah, they wow. They <laughs> won the World Cup, their team of the year. Which makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> oh, they won the World Cup. Yeah. Rassi Rasmus is the coach of the year, and then Stefan Dutoy is the player of the year. Really? A dominant year from that program. And then I, if I could give out a fifth award, I would give out a fifth award for Sia Khaleesi as captain of the year. Because he wow. has been... Having him, so when, a leader to be when Rassi Erasmus took over the job, um, like in the last last couple years ago, he made Sia Khaleesi the first black South African captain in history. Mm-hmm. So, like with this history of South Africa, that has a lot of implications on it. And for Sia Khaleesi to be the leader that he is. Go into this World Cup and have them win the World Cup. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. And like, Absolutely. You talk like Sia Khaleesi is an absolute inspiration for South Africans because he like he went like Rassi Rasman talked in, a, in an interview about him that he went from basically rags to riches with this. He didn't even have boots to play with when to play rugby. Like that's where he started off with, and for him to go from those. You know, from basically that, like from, you know, playing backyard rugby without boots to being able to play at Gray, I think it's Gray's High School, which is known for South Africans, for building up South African players and to go into playing the, uh, to play it for internationally. He, you know, he got a scholarship to go play there and then to make it into, play super rugby and then go on to be the captain for 
South Africa, that's fantastic. Like, that's a great way. That's a great story. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the greatest things for him is, like, he knows, like, he, his goal isn't necessarily to, like, just win and, and be, the like, on the best team and lead the best team, but, like, he specifically stated that he wants to inspire every kid in South Africa. Like, he wants to bring bring, like, inspiration and bring a right path for everybody, uh, all the kids in South Africa. And, and his goal is, is not just to be for his country and play and, and win, but, but also to like make a social impact. Right. And I think with winning the World Cup, that has made a social impact. Because now, again, he's the first black South African captain to win a World Cup. Yeah. And he's the only one. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, Ras one of Rassi Rasmus's, like, in terms of, once he got on the team, one of his like more social changes is that he, he wanted more diversity within his team. So originally, uh, South Africa was it was very like white predominant, mm -hmm. and then they he started adding uh, more uh, African players, and so I think currently he's at like twelve or thirteen. So, congrats to them. Yeah. So he completed those goals. Truly, truly a uh, dominant year for South Africa. Congratulations, South Africa. Um, and they deserved the awards that they've earned, and, and I can't wait to see more out of them uh, come 2020. Yeah. And, and, yeah, so on that note, I think that's a good concluding point for us. And, uh, I, again, we'd love to hear from you all, and, and we'd love to – get some feedback, so please leave uh, your concerns, questions, and, and your D1A rankings in yeah, the comments. Yeah, let us know if you have any uh, opinions with the D1A rankings. Yeah, uh, clearly you heard some of ours. <laughs> so, yeah, on that note, I'm Ethan Richards. Again. I'm CJ Bakel. Go watch some rugby this week. The Gallagher Premiership is going on right now. Yes, so which we of, will hopefully be talking about next weekend. Plenty of English rugby being played, so go and watch that. Yeah, so uh, on that note. Um, thank you. Thank you, and have a good week. <laughs>